When something happens to your kitchen, you might say, This is ludicrous. But that won't fix your home. That will only get you the rapper, Ludicrous. Having trouble? Don't panic. Don't be alarmed. You need to file a claim? Holler at State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's right. You can file a claim on the app or call us. Thanks, Mr. Chris. No matter how ludicrous the situation, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. When it comes to work, communication is key, even if you don't have a writing job. Sounding unconfident, indecisive, or passive-aggressive can hold you back professionally and hurt your team's productivity. Grammarly Premium's advanced tone suggestions make sure you're always sending the right message. Sound clear and confident in your writing and automatically replace negative-leaning language with solution-focused alternatives. With Grammarly's help, you can build stronger relationships at work, be constructive in the face of challenges, and help your team get things done. Grammarly works where you do, so your team's projects get done before the deadline. And with features like comprehensive spelling, grammar, and clarity-focused sentence rewrites, Grammarly helps keep your writing efficient and mistake-free. The right tone can move any project forward. Get it just right with Grammarly. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to sign up for free. Then get 20% off when you upgrade to premium. That's 20% off at Grammarly.com slash podcast. What's up, y'all? It's your boy David with Blackwell Renaissance, and I'm here today to tell you guys about Anchor. If you haven't heard of Anchor, it's the best place to make a podcast. Anchor is a free app that has creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast straight from your phone. Anchor also distributes your podcast across all major platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and many others. You can also make money on your podcast with Anchor with no minimum listenership. Anchor is everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So if you're looking to get started on your own podcast, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm. Can't be making reckless moves, cause there's so much at stake When you got some shit to lose, your decisions gon' change Cause every action got a consequence, consider your ways Hardest thing to do in life is elevate through your pain I can relate to feeling like your life is stuck in the face Giving effort, but results just keep remaining the same Have some patience with yourself, shit ain't as bad as you claim I seen the homeless nigga smile while even standing in rain It's all about perspective, I'm chilling, catching blessings And cryptocurrency been busting, and I'm well invested She know that if she rock with me, then she gon' stay protected Cause even when this shit get hectic I ain't never stressing, I'm legend I woke up feeling wealthy today My bank account might not agree, but hey, that shit on the way Me and my niggas laying brick on top of brick till we straight If you the type that play the victim, you can't come in my space You know this game ain't for the weak, it's hard to carry this weight I keep my balance through the ups and downs, I'm never gonna break You feel the purpose in my spirit when you look in my face Cause this ain't a second, I can waste, I'm putting food on place Mill.
Welcome everybody to another episode of the Black Wealth Renaissance Podcast. Your boy David Bellar, one fourth of the Black Wealth Renaissance, checking in with my brother Kelly. How you feeling, bro? What's good? What's good, everybody? It's your boy Kelly checking in, checking in. It's a lovely Saturday. I have a, lo- a great podcast coming up with one of our hey. good friends. I'm, I'm glad we got this podcast, man. We we were supposed to do this a long time ago. Long time in the mix, for real, bro. <laughs> This brother came out to our event in New Orleans and had like we had a phenomenal time, man. That was a great time, bro. That was a great time. Yeah, it was. Came out, uh, it was a real, a real nice networking event. Had a lot of people in real estate, a lot of people going all over. And this brother just came through. He's kicking so much game, man. I was like, hey, <laughs> who is this man? He gave us a book too, and it really helped us. It like helped shape Blackwell Renaissance as a business uh, called the E-Myth Revisited. So like we got nothing but love for this man. Like he's actually killing it in Louisiana. He uh, from the boot. Uh, so, you know, that's that's one for us. He killing it in the real estate game. And, like, we we just ecstatic to have him on. Our brother, Richard Spears. Richard, how you feeling, bro? Man, I'm feeling good, man. I really can't complain, man. Life is grand, bro. Happy to be here with you guys. Share some value with you guys, man, and, and your viewers. And just, man, just happy to be present, bro. Hey, appreciate it, man. So, yeah. So, man. How y'all boys doing? Oh man, doing lovely. That's a great Saturday. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I just I went link with some friends early. You know, help some people move. Made me realize something. Man, movers is a, a good hustle because that's yeah. not stuff you want to do yourself all the time. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a good day, man. Chilling. About you, Kelly? Man, I've been chilling all day, man. We're working on some BWR stuff, trying to get some stuff rolling uh, for the upcoming Q two. So. Just been working on YouTube. that all day. Go crazy, man. We got some major stuff <laughs> in the works for Q2. Uh, but yeah, Richard, bro, we once again, we are ecstatic to have you on, man. Uh, we want to go ahead and just get this thing kicked off like we normally do. Uh, we appreciate you coming on, taking the time out your busy Saturday. I know you said you at the office grinding. Um, <laughs> so for everybody that's unfamiliar with you in our audience, can you give them an introduction to who uh, Real to Rich is and how'd you even get started in this game? Yeah, of course, man, man. Government name is Richard Spears. Uh, the social media name is kind of taken off. Nowadays, most people call me real to rich. <laughs> or ask me, am I real to rich? But yeah, man, Richard Spears from Baton Rouge, Louisiana, man. And uh, I'm just an all around real estate entrepreneur, man. Of course, I, uh, I own a sales team, man. We help a lot of families buy and sell houses. But, you know, I actually got my start in real estate from investment. And uh, man, had a guy that I looked up to a lot, man. And uh, he started doing some things to change his life. And, and one of those things was actually real estate. He started buying rental properties. And naturally, I gravitated towards that as well because this was someone that I looked up to a lot. And uh, he actually uh, was actually murdered in front of one of his uh, rental properties that he was uh, working on. Yeah. And then from there, man, I just decided to carry that baton and, and started, you know, diving deep into real estate myself. And um, in 2016, uh, we had a big flood down down here in Baton Rouge, mm-hmm. and Crazy. I took a big hit with that flood. Yeah, man, lost a lot of money in real estate then, and then decided to get a sales license to start selling real estate, just to kind mm-hmm. of recoup some of the money that I lost in, in, in real estate investing. And, and then from there, man, I took two years off from investing to really grow the sales business, and I, I turned that into a real business that that now generates real profits that that we continue to, to uh, re divert into real estate investments. Yeah. Oh man, that's that's dope. Yeah, you yep. got so now good. it's to the point we own a little bit over two million in real estate, man. Y'all did what? I say we own a little bit over two million in real estate now, man. 
That's pressure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's what's up, man. So that's crazy. I, I love the way your story starts because that's you, that's a little uh untypical whenever you hear about the investor route. Like you started off as an investor, then you went yeah. to the agent sales side of yeah. So I know you said like you started as an investor because you seen somebody as an investor. Uh yeah, he inspired you to to get into it. so what was it like when you first started investing? Man, it was it was tough, man, because you know, it's it's I didn't have no real blueprint to go by, you know. Uh, of course, the guy that I looked up to that was doing it, he he was murdered. So I mean, he mm-hmm. wasn't around to help me out or anything like that. Uh, I will say this, man. I I ended up uh finding a lot of podcasts online, YouTube videos, and I came across a uh, meetup.com where they had the local meetups, and that's why I got a lot of help, man. The local meetup in Baton Rouge, I ended up meeting a lot of a lot of people, man. So, you know, some of these same people that have been on your podcast, like O'Neill, man. I actually met O'Neill at 16 at one of those meetups, man, and he became a good friend of mine. And, you know, we were all on that on that path and that journey together, man, just just growing, you know, growing our self-knowledge and, and from there just taking action, man, and taking action and making these mistakes. And at the time, man, I had a job. I was working at the railroad at night. So, you know, I'm, I'm riding on a train at night and I'm, I'm trying to study and, and research and, and learn as much as I can about investing. And just getting out here making these mistakes. And, and of course, you know, some of the biggest lessons I think we can learn is from actually getting out here and making mistakes. Mm. And, and one thing I like to say a lot is, you know, we can go to as many seminars as we want to on how to ride a bike, right? But until we get on that bike and start falling down and getting back up, we'll never learn how to ride. So, you know, the biggest thing I've always seen was just taking action and not being being afraid to make those mistakes and fail forward. Mm. So how did you get, so what did that first deal maybe look like whenever you first got into real estate? Yeah, man. So the first, the first real estate deal was actually, and and I won't say it was the first deal because that was actually the first personal property that I bought for myself. And what I did is is what they call house hacking. Yeah. And and, and we pretty much house hacked with that house and ended up buying a second property. And before we were able to get the second, uh, what, what would be the third deal going, that's when the 2016 flood happened. And, you know, that's when we that's when we ended up losing, you know, most of our initial capital. That's when I ended up getting a sales license and, and spent two years building that sales team. And it really wasn't until 2019 is when I really was able to get back into investing because a year into building that sales uh, business, I actually quit the W-2 job that I had at the time. And I just went all in full-time entrepreneurship. So of course, you know, when you're 1099 and you're not W-2, it's harder to get financing and you have to have two years of tax return. So I just spent those two years generating as much revenue as we could, you know, doing the right thing, paying the taxes, and, you know, keeping my bookkeeper and all of that stuff. So when it was time to be able to go back and be able to finance things and, and, and do deals again, I was actually going to be able to do that. And that's what we did. And so that first real deal deal uh, was in 2019. Uh, it was actually someone came to me to sell this house for them, right? Who needs an alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and a breakfast cutoff? Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And so I went to the house. I'm doing a walk at the property, and I mean, it's messed up, bro. It's just, like, really messed up. And, and of course, I go into sales mode. You know, I started asking questions, you know, what's going on? What is the motivation here? And turns out it was an elderly lady who had dementia. And they needed twenty five thousand for her to go to a home, and so you know, just explaining to them, I can stick a sign in this yard for y'all if y'all want me to. 
and you know we may be able to get some investors in here that's going to have to lowball y'all so they can do the renovations on this property or i can come in and personally help y'all and give y'all the twenty-five thousand that y'all need to get her in the home and this is a win-win for everyone and that's what happened man they agreed to it we put pen to paper that was the first deal man Twenty-five thousand. i ended up having to put 15 percent down on that on that deal we did that I only uh, put like 8K of renovations in it. It ended up appraising for 61,000. So I had this big band of equity in that property, man. I paid 25, put 8K in it, and it appraised for 61,000. And from there, man, I just kind of used that property to start snowballing into the rest of the properties that we have today. Yeah, but 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 that one good deal, man, and, and the crazy thing about it is it came from a just word of mouth, man. Like I'm, I'm always building relationships in the, in the community mm -hmm. and a, a, a local uh, baker in our community. And this is someone I actually partnered with, with our sales business, because anytime someone has a birthday, that's a past client of us, they get a postcard in the mail from us where they can go to this local black owned bakery and get three free cupcakes on us. And this property turned out to be her aunt's property. And so she referred her on to me and that's how I came across that property just by being out in the community and doing good things, man. So when you plant seeds, they grow. Mm, that's yeah. When you plant seeds, they grow. I love that story, man. Like, especially because <laughs> with the deal, it's such a win-win in the situation that you are able to assist the family. And yeah, it's also powerful. And I like that you mentioned the, the word of mouth part, because yeah. in this age right now, especially with Corona and everything, people kind of, we've kind of fallen back from a lot of that stuff. And that's really where real connections is. Word of mouth is like the strongest form of marketing. That's how you really get the people that's, whenever somebody's referred to you by word of mouth, they so much more serious than uh, yeah. somebody else who just may have seen, seen your picture on the internet or something like that. Yeah. But I, I did want to get into that because that's that's dope how the deal worked out for you. I want to get into the numbers a little bit more for people to really help illustrate it because you said yeah. you put 15% down on a $25,000 yeah. house. Yeah, which is not much. <laughs> that's all I'm saying. Yeah. Like, fifteen percent of twenty-five thousand—that's what, like, like a couple thousand dollars, if that. Yeah, it's a little bit over five grand, I think. Uh, like close to about seven, I think. Yeah, I'm bad with math, man. Hey, my wife. I, 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 I don't have my calculator <laughs> with me right now. Me. <laughs> it's still... It wasn't much though, and I didn't have to pay closing costs. They rolled the closing costs into the loan, and uh, they actually gave me the money for the renovations, and and to be and to be completely transparent with y'all. I overestimated those renovations to include the uh, the fifteen percent down that I put down. So I put my fifteen percent down back in my pocket. Man, yeah. so that was that. In retrospect, that was really a hundred percent finance deal. And and since that deal, all of my deals have been like that. I've I have always put my money in my pocket. Now, mm. you know, we use lines of credit to cash out on these properties. We take them to the bank, we refinance them, and then we we pretty much doing the burst strategy at this point. But yeah, I've always, everything for me has always pretty much been close to 100% financing where I'm just putting my personal money back in my pocket. So how do, how does that work? How do you get a 100% finance deal like on your, you know, on the properties you're getting now? How do, you, how do you do that? So the key is always buying them right. Always buying these properties right to where, and what I do is I make sure that my acquisition numbers and the renovation numbers are always below 75% of the value. Reason being is because that's what the, comp the, the, the commercial banks that I use, they, they lend up to 75% of the value. And just for whole number's sake, let's say I, I find a property and being that I'm a realtor, I have access to the comps. So mm -hmm. I'm pretty, I pretty much have a good idea of what these properties are gonna praise for. And for the ones that I'm unsure on, I'll spend that 475 up front 
to get it appraised beforehand before I close on the deal to make sure I'm not making any mistakes. And I've done that twice. So again, just for whole number's sake, let's say I know that the ARV on that property is going to be a hundred thousand, right? And and let's say uh it's going to take about 20k to in renovations to get it to where it needs to be to uh appraise for 100k. That lets me know if I need to be below 75% of the value. That means that lets me know I cannot be all in over 75k because that's 75% of the ARV, which is a hundred hundred thousand. So with that being said, if the renovations are uh are twenty thousand, that lets me know I cannot pay this person over fifty five thousand. And that lets me know I'm really trying to start at forty to forty five thousand. And then what I do is, let's say I do get it for forty thousand, right? So I'll just take one of my business lines of credit and just cash out on that product. And once I cash out on it, then I take it to the commercial bank to do a cash out refi up to seventy five percent of the value. And that gives me the money back in my pockets to pay the line of credit off. And it also gives me the money for renovations. If mm. that makes sense. So, so, and let's say if I didn't have a line of credit and I was putting the money down, right? What I, all, only thing I would do is just make sure the numbers work to overestimate the repairs. Let's say my down payment was 8K, right? And let's say the renovations was 20K. I would just have my contractor overestimate that to 28K. So when I do put that 8K down, I put it back in my pocket once I, once I uh, get the uh, money for the renovations. So so that's how I'm creating these 100% financing deals, even though I may have to use some of my own personal funds up front to dangle in the front of the bank and just put it back in my pocket. Mm. Always end up, that, that's, the, that's the key to real estate though, they say OPM. Yeah. Man. yeah. <laughs> but see, the key to that though is being patient mm. and finding the deals that actually make sense where the numbers make sense like that. And so that's that's been my key. I've always been patient to make sure that I'm buying it and I'm buying it right. So, and just not being over leveraged. And with that deal, like you said, one of the key things I think with it that worked, why it worked out so perfect was because that was a, a distressed seller. They needed the money they needed to sell. Yes. So as a person who started out as an investor like, and then got into the sales side of it, how do you identify these distressed investors? Like, How do you get to these people? You just cold call everybody? How does it go? So I actually run the investment side of our business, just like the sales side. And it's all relationships, man. Like, so for example, like our sales business, man, we don't really cold call. We don't pay for like leads, like Zillow and Roots.com and stuff like that. It's all just community engagement and building relationships within the community. And most of our business is either referrals or social media. And I've done the same thing with the investment business, just by, by constantly reminding people that we buy houses and we buy houses cash. People know it and they know I'm serious because I cash out on property. So what happens is it creates that snowball effect. You know, I, I create a win-win situation for one, for example, like like the people that needed the 25000 to get their aunt in the, uh, in the home. Man, these people have became raving fans and they continue to tell other people about me as well because I help them in a, in a, in a situation. And so that's what it's been by, by providing real genuine help to people. They continuously tell other people about me. So, man, I don't even have bandit signs or nothing like that around, around town. Outside of that, just a bunch of relationships with wholesalers. I have a lot of relationships with a lot of wholesalers because even if it's not me buying the property, a lot of our clients are buying the properties from them as well. So it's all, for, it's all been relationships. No real marketing, but just real relationships and creating value and, and referrals. I think that's definitely key when it comes to sales or when it comes to investing. 
especially in real estate, is having relationships with wholesalers. Yeah. Because uh, they have they they do have a lot of deals. And that's one of my secrets, man. That's one of my secrets that a lot of realtors don't do. They they look down on wholesalers, man. But I'm friends with all of the wholesalers. And, and here's another key. So like even with the sales business, a lot of the deals that that they may not have enough meat on the, on the table for wholesalers to be able to wholesale, mm-hmm. I'll get them and, and just list them on the, on the MLS as a regular sale and, you know, just give them a kickback for the referral. <laughs> well, that's just another one of my secrets from yeah. like, again it goes back to relationships man because mm-hmm. at the end of the day y'all both still making money yeah we still winning man deal come around, <laughs> you can and they got the meat on the bone they go bring it right back to you like, look, <laughs> yeah. when i'm as rich i get paid yeah <laughs> so how do you how do you find wholesalers uh, like just do you just market hey i'm looking for wholesalers or so most of the wholesalers that I work with, I actually met them at the meetups, at the local mm-hmm. meetups. And, and that's something I recommend to anybody that wants to get started in investing or uh, even even realtors, man. Go spend time at the local real estate investment uh, network groups. Just like when I met, went, met y'all, you know, I, I came, drove out there like, like an hour and a half away from, from where I live because I, I'm, I'm constantly wanting to surround myself with like minded people. And, and, and look how this relationship grew out of that as well. So. That's what I recommend, just constantly surrounding yourself with like-minded people and, and, and finding finding these these platforms and these resources so you can get out here and, and build relationships. And not just, and one thing I always say about building relationships is you have to make sure that you can find some type of way to provide value to somebody else as well. I mean, anytime I'm having a conversation with somebody, it's, it's always me listening, trying to figure out how I can help that person. Yeah, anything I can do to help somebody and, and, and just provide value to people, it always comes back around because the world is wrong. Mm. That's a good guiding post, man. Yeah. Whatever, whatever you're doing, no, it don't matter where you're at, if you provide value, it's always going to come back to you. Yep. You know, man, I, I learned this from Jim Rohn, man, one of my favorite uh, self-help coaches or motivation speakers or whatever you want to call him. You know, one thing I learned from him was, and this was a mindset shift for me coming from, you know, uh, a W-2 employee, you know, a lot of times we tend to think that we get paid for our time, mm. which is kind of true, but it's not really true. And, and one thing he taught was that we're actually not paid for our time. We're paid for our value. Mm. And when you think about it, if, if you have a job where you punch a clock, if you go punch that clock and you're not providing value, they're going to get rid of you. Yeah. But when you're providing even more value, they're going to think of, think of ways to keep you around, whether that's paying you more, giving you more perks, whatever. So, that, so once you understand that, that you actually are paid for value, not your time, the way you increase your income is by providing more value. And, and so that's why it's always for me, how can I provide value? Because I know that's the key to increasing revenue. What's good, family? Jalen here. I have some great news to share with you. We have recently launched BWR Academy, the number one online school and community focused on teaching personal finance and wealth building principles. By becoming a member, you will gain access to premium financial education covering the topics of credit and financing, debt repayment strategies, retirement planning. That's right, we're going over 401ks, IRAs, and everything in between. Life insurance, we'll be having weekly budgeting and accountability calls, and so much more. You will also gain access to a powerful network. For years, we have been preaching, your network is your net worth. So here's your chance to increase your social capital. We'll be having many of our previous podcast guests coming back to teach exclusive classes that can only be found through BWR Academy. We have also partnered with Capital, a premier financial app 
that will allow you to participate in our quarterly savings challenge. We have a goal of helping a thousand families save $1 million collectively. We'll make sure that you are not a part of the 74% that cannot afford a $1,000 emergency. So if this sounds like the type of environment you would like to be a part of, make sure you sign up by clicking the link in the show notes. Make sure you sign up now because spots are extremely limited. See you in the academy. Yo, what's good, everybody? It's your boy Kelly here. And I want to say thank you for listening to the Black Wealth Renaissance Podcast because without you all, we would not be here. And I have a very exclusive announcement to make. We are releasing a brand new show. That's right. We're coming out with a brand new podcast called What's On Your Timeline. We're taking that little segment out of our podcast. We're making it a brand new show exclusively on Patreon. So click the link below. Join our Patreon for as little as $5 a month. You'll get an episode every week of a raw, unfiltered, unedited versions of us. You get to hear from me, Jalen, David, and even Jerry. You get to hear what we think about on our timeline. You get to hear what we're into, what are we listening to, what are we learning, and we'll get to even teach some things possibly. And I promise you, you won't regret it. We're going to talk about stocks. We're going to talk about crypto. We're going to talk about real estate. We're going to talk about the Federal Reserve. Even in this last episode, we talked about Kwame Brown. You know, you're going to get the raw, unedited versions of us, and it is exclusively on Patreon, so click the link below. Check it out. Tell us what you think. If you want to join, like I said, again, click the link below. It's only $5. Literally a dollar, almost a dollar a week, you can get a brand new episode of What's On Your Timeline. So, and we appreciate y'all for rocking with us. Peace out. I want to go into the sales part of because man, you you <laughs> kicking game, bro. You kicking game on this. So, all right, you went through the the flood. You lost the money, all that, and you ended up. Yeah, we was broke, bro. Broke, broke. <laughs> so you all, it was you was down bad at the time. Oh after? yeah, yeah, man. I'm talking about maxing out credit cards, broke, bro. Oh. So like you you went from it that that was almost like your 2008 in a sense. Like it went, <laughs> yeah. that flood really ruined you. So. With those properties, did you buy them bad, or did it, like that's how you learned that lesson? Or no, oh, so it, it wasn't that I bought them bad. I didn't have flood insurance. Mm. Yeah, I did not have flood insurance, and I'm gonna tell you that that actually that actually that actually lasted like three years for me, and I'll tell you why. So it was really only one property that flooded, and we didn't have flood insurance on the right. And uh, of course, if you if you've ever renovated a property from from, from ground up, like that's expensive, bro. And so, and I and I'll just be transparent as well. So back then, what I did was, I uh, I lied to FEMA and made it made it seem like I was still living at that property when I was, and I was able to get fourteen grand from them. Right, fourteen thousand is not enough to put a whole house back together that had to be gutted six feet up. It's not enough. So I, I, with that fourteen grand, with all of my savings and maxing out credit cards, that's how I was able to put that house back together. And I was able to put it back together within about three months and get the tenants back in there. So we, we wasn't paying all of these mortgages ourselves. And so from there, that's what really broke me. And at the time, I was, uh, we actually ran out of money to pay the contractors. So I had to finish that house myself. I had to get on YouTube, learn how to put floors down. I had to finish paying that property myself. I had to do all of that stuff myself. And man, I, I learned a lot in that process as well. But while I was renovating that property, I was also working on the railroad at night. And I was also trying to do a real estate school online at the, all three of these things at the same time bro 
Yeah. Man. And yeah, man. And it was crazy, bro. It was definitely a trying time. And even when I got started in real estate sales, it takes a lot of money to get started in that as well. So I had to do another credit card. I ended up maxing that one out too. Yeah, just to get started in the real estate sales because one thing I tell realtors that uh, come to me advice all the time, my first seven months in real estate sales, I didn't sell no houses, bro. Hmm. Nothing. I spent seven months. I spent seven months building a lot of relationships, but I didn't sell no houses. But once the houses did start to sell, it stayed consistent, and year after year, it, it, it continued to double. So that was that was like the, the trying times that I went through. And, and I'm gonna tell you something else too. Like two years later, FEMA came back on me for that 14 grand, and hmm. I'm having to get them 16k for interest and everything. Yeah, they came back and found out I lied, and I ended up having to get them 16k. Damn, they, they did investigations on me. Too. They did, bro. They did. <laughs> Ooh, man. So, man, so take my advice, man. Don't play with FEMA. Don't play with the federal government. Just, I just thank God that I was in a position to be able to pay them that money back. But you know, it is what it is, man. <laughs> that, while it, that, that's crazy. That's a crazy story, man. Even like from the part of you going in there and having to rehab it to all that. So, like, a lot of people they won't, they wouldn't want to do all that. Like what you just said, like. Whenever you said those three things you were trying to get done at the same time, the first thought I came in my head was like, man, who who got time for that? Like, people go say, how you manage that? How you got time? It's only 168 hours in a week. How you getting that done with a job and in school? How that work? I didn't sleep. I was I was literally sleeping two to three hours a day. That's that's how. Yep. Mm. I did. I wasn't sleeping. Uh, my health my health suffered bad during those during those times. So I ended up gaining a lot of weight. Uh, I ended up getting high blood pressure at the time. I, I started to have hypertension, uh, headaches, and stuff like that. Yeah, the doctor told me if I didn't slow down, if I didn't, you know, change my eating habits, you know, I was trying to get on medicine. So it was it was that bad because yeah, I was doing I was doing a lot. I was doing a lot, bro. <laughs> That's why I ended up ended up quitting that job because I couldn't do both. Mm-hmm. And you just went ahead and bet it on yourself. I did, bro. I did. <laughs> so man, you got something, Kevin? Well, I was just talking about the the different like. How he talked about the when you get into real estate, when you get your real estate license, you know you don't just go off and seven sell. months. It's, it's, <laughs> right, you, you know, it took you seven months to sell your first house. You know, people yeah. think as soon as I get this real estate license, oh, I'm there, I'm in there, I'm, I'm making a million dollars right now selling real estate. <laughs> you know how how so how do you prepare yourself mentally for that? Like, okay, I'm getting into something, I put a lot of effort into it, I'm getting a license, but no, I might go seven months to a year without even selling something. You know, it's crazy, man. I, I can't speak for anybody else. I, I've just always been the type of person that failure is not an option. And man, and I'm also a patient person too. So my thing was, no matter what was going to happen, I wasn't going to give up. Yeah, no matter what, I, it, didn't, it, didn't, it didn't matter what it took. I wasn't going to give up. And, and another thing too I did was I took a lot of time investing in myself. So again, going back to these credit cards that I maxed out, a, a lot of that maxing out wasn't spending money on marketing and stuff like that. It was spending money on education, man. I was catching mm-hmm. flights, going places to learn from different top, top, uh, top real estate professionals in the industry. You know, I went my first time flying out to California, man. I stayed in a little cheap Airbnb with some, with this Asian family, bro. Like, I'm not talking about like a separate house. I'm talking about a room inside somebody's house, bro. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and and just to go learn some stuff, man. And I did, man. I learned some stuff from these people out of out of DC, man. That are real big in real estate, and it's crazy how life works because uh. That, that that real estate team's director of operations ended up becoming my business coach years later. But I ended up starting my business and building it from the things that I learned from them out in LA, man. And and that changed my life. But had I not took that that that, that made that investment and, and bet on myself, you know, mm-hmm. with, with money I didn't even have, 
who knows that might not happen. I might not be one of them today. So, yeah. I, and I, I want to go into that. I want to dissect that mindset because, like, like going in and betting on yourself and going do that, like, once again, that's something that's scary, right? That's something <laughs> that not everybody wanting to do. Like you said, you got maxed out credit cards. You out here, you trying to make all this shape. Like, what was, what was it like? The mental side of that for you at the time, like, with with what, what mentality you had? Because I know you had people in your ear telling you like, "Yo, yeah. Man, oh yeah, bro. everybody tell them tripping, yeah, yeah. You're tripping, bro. <laughs> what are you doing? Like, how you how you block out the noise and stay in locked in on your vision like that? When something happens to your kitchen, you might say, "This is ludicrous." But that won't fix your home. That will only get you the rapper, Ludacris. Having trouble? Don't panic. Don't be alarmed. You need to file a claim? Holler at State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's right. You can file a claim on the app or call us. Thanks, Mr. Chris. No matter how ludicrous the situation, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. You know what? Crazy enough, bro. It was controlling my diet. And what I mean by controlling my diet, a lot of times people think that our diet is what we eat. Mm. And that's true too, but your diet is really everything that you consume. It's what, because everything that we consume comes back out of us. So if we eat something bad, it's coming back out of us. Of course, we know that. But what, what we watch on TV, that's, that's, how, that's what we consume. And it comes out, what we listen to is what we consume. What we read is what, what we consume. And all of that stuff comes out. So what I did was I was real intentional about my diet. And what I mean by that is everything that I consumed was, was positive. I stopped listening to rap music. The only rap music I was listening to at the time was Nipsey Hussle. And he really got me through a lot, man. Uh, Slawson Boys too. That song, I Don't Stress Out, man, that was my theme song at the time, bro, because that was the only thing to keep me from stressing out with all of the, you know, the messed up stuff that was going on. Just a lot of uh, self-help books like Jim Rome, man. Just man, I must listen to that uh, the ultimate collection of Jim Rome, like probably like twelve times right now, year to date, bro. Uh, that 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 got me through a lot of podcasts and stuff like that, and just surrounding myself with positive people. So everything that I was consuming was positive, and I was, and, and that allowed me to block the negative energy out. Because of course, you know, I had my parents in my ear telling me that I was tripping. You know, my wife wasn't really on board, even though she works with me now. You know, a lot of this stuff was going on, but I was able to tune out that negativity. And just keep pushing, bro. Just keep pushing forward. And, and it took about two years for people to really see the proofs of my labor and really see the vision. And then it was like, okay, now nah, I see what you're talking about. And then it turned into, how can I come do it too? Or how, how can I work with you or work for you? Yeah, but, and, and I tell people all the time, just because your family and friends may, you know, you may think that they have a negative energy around the situation, it's not that they don't believe in you. They're actually doing it because they love you. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times when people can't see something for themselves, they can't see it for you either. Exactly. So it's not that, yeah, it's not that they don't believe in you. It's really that they love you and they scared for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so you, you can't take it personal when your family and friends don't believe in your, your vision because it's your vision and they can't see it yet. Yeah. Exactly. yeah, yeah. And so you, you don't take it personal. You just keep pushing forward. And then once that vision finally comes to light, trust me, they're going to come on board. They're going to get on board. Yes, sir. I love it, man. That's so true, bro. That's something I definitely have to learn, like on my on my journey as well. Just like people, they won't see it. it nobody will see it like you see it, cause nah. like, nobody they equated it to like glasses. Like I got my glasses on. Kelly got his glasses on. <laughs> we switch glasses. We both ain't gonna be able to see because that's not our vision. That's not for us. Like yeah. we each got our own, and we gotta. You gotta be able to to just know that, like, no, this is for me. This is yeah. the, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And when you had that belief behind it, 
that's whatever the, the, the magic happened. So, okay, yep. you go out to, to LA, you learn these things. It took you seven months to get that first deal. You were in the meetups and everything. Yeah. Like, what, what did it look like growing a real estate sales business? Was it just you initially? Was it like you? Yeah. A real, so, yeah, can we get into that? Yeah. So, so just like that book, E Myth, that I, that I, uh, that I recommended to you guys. Hey, of shout course, out you know. <laughs> of course, you know with any business until you start filling out different roles, you you carry every role within the business. You are the CEO. You are the CFO. You are the CMO. You are the the bookkeeper. You you all of these things until you start filling out these uh, different positions. You start making key hires and, and everything like that. So, in the beginning, what I knew I wanted to build a relationship business. I knew I wanted to build an organic business. So in the beginning, I started that business with making sure that the first thing I did was I started targeting all of the people that nobody wanted to work with. So all of the people that were in credit repair, that all of the other girls that didn't want to work with, I was targeting these people and I was I was following up with them religiously, man, doing doing all of the extra things like handwritten notes, which we still do to this day, you know, gift cards and things of that nature. Uh, anytime somebody sent a referral, they got a gift card, whether that referral set an appointment or not, just rewarding people for the act not just to get a sale from someone. And so we did a lot of customer, well, I did a lot of customer service things in the beginning and just got out here and built some solid relationships. Because one thing I knew was if I can treat the, 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 the people nobody wanted special, these people know these people. Know people. So I, I, I knew that they would tell other people about me because if this person spending so much time with me and nobody else won't, wants spending time with me, yeah, this person is genuine, this person is real. I want to tell other people about this person. And that's what happened. I started to, to to spend so much time with the people nobody wanted, and they started telling telling me all of the other people about me, and then that began to snowball, man. And like I say, every year it just even to this to this year, man, the business has continued to double in in the amount of production and, and units and volume. But it's for that reason, the way we treat people, and and, and just the systems that we have in place, customer service wise, to provide what I like to call that Chick Fil A level of customer service. I like that. that yeah. You know that, that's 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 a <laughs> service. Yeah. <laughs> and so what we did Top was tier. we created we created yeah we created Raven fans, bro. And there's a book on that called uh, I think it's called Raven fans, but that's what we did. We created Raven fans where you know it, it became a household name. It became a brand within my city. Mm. Prime properties. Yo, what's good, everybody? It's your boy Kelly here. And I want to say thank you for listening to the Black Wealth Renaissance Podcast, because without you all, we would not be here. And I have a very exclusive announcement to make. We are releasing a brand new show. That's right. We're coming out with a brand new podcast called What's On Your Timeline. We're taking that little segment out of our podcast. We're making it a brand new show exclusively on Patreon. So click the link below. Join our Patreon for as little as $5 a month. You'll get an episode every week of a raw unfiltered unedited versions of us you get to hear from me Jalen David and even Jerry you get to hear what we think about on our timeline you get to hear what we're into what are we listening to what are we learning and we'll get to even teach some things possibly and I promise you you won't regret it we're going to talk about stocks we're going to talk about crypto we're going to talk about real estate we're going to talk about the Federal Reserve Hell, even in this last episode, we talked about Kwame Brown. You know, you're going to get the raw, unedited versions of us. 
and it is exclusively on Patreon, so click the link below. Check it out. Tell us what you think. If you want to join, like I said, again, click the link below. It's only $5. Literally a dollar, almost a dollar a week, you can get a brand new episode of What's On Your Timeline. So, and we appreciate y'all for rocking with us. Peace out. What's good, family? Jalen here. I have some great news to share with you. We have recently launched BWR Academy, the number one online school and community focused on teaching personal finance and wealth building principles. By becoming a member, you will gain access to premium financial education covering the topics of credit and financing, debt repayment strategies, retirement planning. That's right, we're going over 401ks, IRAs, and everything in between. Life insurance, we'll be having weekly budgeting and accountability calls, and so much more. You will also gain access to a powerful network. For years, we have been preaching, your network is your net worth. So here's your chance to increase your social capital. We will be having many of our previous podcast guests coming back to teach exclusive classes that can only be found through BWR Academy. We have also partnered with Capital, a premier financial app that will allow you to participate in our quarterly savings challenge. We have a goal of helping a thousand families save $1 million collectively. We'll make sure that you are not a part of the 74% that cannot afford a thousand dollar emergency. So if this sounds like the type of environment you would like to be a part of, make sure you sign up by clicking the link in the show notes. Make sure you sign up now because spots are extremely limited. See you in the academy. So you start off with that. That's a gem for a lot of people too, with the customer service piece. Cause I feel like as small business owners, we often miss out on that. Like whenever you getting started out, good customer service will take you further than a lot of other things when it comes to just the way you handle people, treating people like people instead of treating yeah. people like a piece, like like some numbers. Basically, you can't just treat people like money, uh-huh. all that stuff. Yeah. So. When you start, you start getting some deals in the pipeline. Like, when did you get to the point where you had to start outsourcing? So it was actually my second year in, uh, second year in. So going back, uh, so that, so that, that first year, seven months, I didn't sell any houses, right? But after the seven month, from the seven month to the twelfth month, I ended up selling twelve. I mean, seventeen houses yeah. within five months. Yeah, I ended up selling seventeen houses within five months after I sold that first house. That's when things began to snowball a lot. And so the following year, we ended up, I, well, my, I, I was still by myself. I ended up doing 36 uh, units that following year. And that's the year I started to bring on help to where I started outsourcing all of the paperwork. So I let go of the paperwork first. Then that third year, it doubled again to uh, around 50, a little bit, no, yeah, 54. And that's when I uh, ended up bringing on uh, other agents to help me show properties. And then last year was actually the fourth year where we did 101 and those agents that, I mean, 103 and those agents that were helping me show properties actually came on full-time as, as agents on the, on the team. And uh, again, like we were able to do 103 and my wife actually joined as well. She, she kind of joined on the, on the, on the, uh, on the operation side. And, and last year at the end of the year, we ended up bringing on another employee on the operation side, man, a very, very smart dude, man. This dude has an MBA and uh, we brought him on as an operations manager. And now he's like the, the brains of our business, man. He, he pretty much, make sure all of our systems are in place. Everything is, is, is getting taken care of. And, you know, he's my only direct report. Now everyone reports to him and, and, and you know, I, I have direct reports with him. Mm. Yeah. 
Let's do I kind of want to go into like what does a deal look like? Man, I'm not going to specific numbers of your numbers, but like what is yeah. it? How do I get the numbers from if I'm a realtor, what do I expect to yeah. make? So that's a good question, man. And so one thing people gotta realize about real estate, those commission checks, you don't take that commission check home because this is a business. And when you run on a business, you gotta think of you gotta you gotta think about it like a business. You have expenses, you, you you're gonna have a overhead, you're gonna have payroll and things of that nature. So just to kind of be transparent. We run our business like a business. I'm on a salary. So every time I sell a house, man, that commission check is not coming to my house. That goes into a business account. You know, I get a, I get a check on the first and the 15th, just like any, any other normal person, man, even though I own a business. So just to kind of give you an idea on average, though, uh, in, in Baton Rouge, the average, you know, the average price is around 200000 and the average commission on that is around 5000 yeah. So, you know, I mean, you, you sell one house, you, you may clear 5000 but you also have splits with brokers. You know, like I'm, I'm in partnership with Keller Williams, so we have a 70-30 split, but we also have opportunities to where we don't split any money with them at all. So there's a cap. sell so many. Yeah, I can sell so many houses, but Keller Williams also have what, what's called a disappearing cap. So they incentivize you to bring on other like-minded agents who are high performing. And so when you do that, part of your cap disappears. And, and so in taking advantage of that and, and doing that, and, and making sure that I'm intentional about bringing on other uh, uh, like-minded individuals who are high performing, that allows me to decrease that cap. So for me personally, man, this year alone, I only split money with Keller Williams like uh, 27 days of the year and the rest of the years, it's all me. Damn. But I'm still, I'm still yeah, but I'm, I'm still able to take advantage of the partnership with them and everything that comes along with that partnership, with the technology and, and everything that I'm able to use. And it, it decreases my overhead. Mm. Yeah. So, so with the the splits with these uh these brokerage companies, the way yeah. these work is they splitting the the actual commission check because like I know, like on a whole the whole deal right, it's yeah. usually like six percent commission together. Like on the buyer and seller side, seller get three percent. Like if yeah. they have different agents, right? Yeah. So how does that? Can you get into that? Like how does that work with some of these deals? Yeah, of course. So like you said. Uh, commissions are usually between five and six percent, and it's normally split between the buyer's agent and the listing agent. And so, again, if that full six, let's say that full six percent, we just use a whole number that's easy for everybody. Let's say that full six percent was ten thousand, right? Mm-hmm. And let's say that got split between the two agents, and and one agent got five thousand, another agent got five thousand. Let's say one agent is with Remax, another agent is with Keller Williams. Mm-hmm. So with Remax, they have an eighty twenty split, but there's no cap. No matter how much money those people make. Remax is going to get 20% of what they make. So if you have a high producing person like myself, and let's say for whole number's sake, let's say you make, let's say you made a million, let's say you grossed a million, right? That means you would have had to give Remax $200,000. You had to get them 20%. Well, let's say you were Keller Williams and you made a million, right? They only got 18K from you because that's what the cap is for Keller Williams. Once you pay them 18K, it's over with. So that's the difference. That's why I'm partnering with Keller Williams. Not 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 just because for that, but for the training and the resources they provide. That's why they that's why they're the number one real estate company in the country right now. Yeah. And my thing is, you know, I can go out and be independent and build my own thing because people don't know me for Keller Williams anyway. They know fine properties. Mm-hmm. But I see the value in partnerships. And I think we as a culture, that's something that we don't see enough. Take mm-hmm. take you 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 guys, for example. I commend y'all so much because y'all saw the value of partnerships. 
versus trying to get out here and do it, do everything on my own. And I think that's something in our culture that we don't see enough. We don't collaborate enough. We don't see the values of partnerships because, and the crazy thing about it is, there's an African proverb that says, if you want to go fast, go alone. But if you want to go far, go together. Yeah. That's crazy, yeah. bro. It is, that is an African proverb. That is why. Yeah, that's an African proverb, and we're not taking advantage of it. Man, that's and that is something like we have bad as a as a culture, like that whole wanting to be the yeah. big chief, like uh, yes. like even like when I think about the whole Charlemagne situation, like they was talking about him whenever he did the partnership with iHeart, but yeah, I mean they got the distribution. It's it's a yeah. value in this partnership, like. Is we're both gonna benefit from this instead of me trying to go yeah. grind out the mud and build right. what they already got. Let me work with what they already got. Right, because you're not doing nothing but holding yourself back, trying to quote unquote get everything out the mud. Yes, of course we got to get some things out the mud, but you have to create situations that create opportunities for yourself and through partnerships or collaboration to where you can get where you're going that much that much quicker. Mm. Kicking. Yeah, we, we gotta basically we gotta start playing chess and not and, and stop playing checkers, bro. Gotta think of, they've been they've been playing chess the whole level. time. Yeah, they've been playing chess the whole time, bro. And we gotta start playing chess as well. Stop playing checkers. We gotta start playing the long game. We got to. Mm. So now you got me thinking. We're going back to kind of what you were talking about earlier, like with realtors treating it like a business, right? So yes. for the realtors out there who may be listening, who, how can you get them? Because we uh, we spoke with Terika. I know you know Terika. She was telling us, like, whenever she first got into the real estate game, she treated it not like a business. The commission check was her money, right? Yeah. How would you you recommend? Talking about Terika Matthews down here? Huh? Uh, the credit score queen? Uh, Terika Matthews? Mm-mm. Terika, Terika Smith. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. 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 Uh, how would you recommend, like, realtors that's treating it just like oh i'm an employee to start treating themselves like a business like what is like almost a framework to kind of give them a better idea how to run it like a business so so my first advice to anybody that that wants to become a realtor the first person you need to go hire is a is a qualified accountant and bookkeeper this is going to be the person that's going to be able to help you start running your business like a business and that's who helped me man and i'm gonna give a good shout out to my guy man i mean with first financial down here in baton rouge this, this guy has really changed my outlook and he's taught me a lot about business and, and he's also a business consultant. And so in all things, I've always, you know, I go back to what Tony Robbins said in one of his first books. If you want to be successful, go find somebody that you can model after and just do what they do. Don't try to recreate the wheel, just find a good model. And I found models and mentors in every aspect of my life, whether it be health, whether it be finance, whether it be investing, whatever. So going back to one of the business like a business, I ended up finding a great mentor and a model. This guy taught me how to run my business like a business. He, he's, we, we first started with him keeping my books and, and handling all the accounts and making sure I was paying quarterly taxes. And, and from there, as the business began to grow, we ended up you know, transferring to LLC. And that's the first thing. You want to have an LLC, your commission check should not be cut directly to you. They should be cut to your business and you pay yourself from that business and you pay all of your expenses and all of that stuff from the LLC and that business account. Mm-hmm. And as your business be- begins to grow, you're going to come to a point where you're going to transfer from an LLC to an S-Corp. And once you transfer to the S-Corp, you know, you put yourself on a salary. The reason why you put yourself on a salary is because you want to begin again to start treating that business like a business. 
And when you when we talk about treating a business like a business, every business has key employees and, and key roles. And 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 most high-end roles have salaries. So again, like our operations manager that we just brought on, this guy is on a salary. And so when you're running a business like a business, you begin to make budgets and project uh, uh, future revenue so you can create these positions and you can create these salaries. And, and then going back to the original goal of a business, it should always to be continued to step out of it so it runs without you because a real business is going to run whether you're there or not. It's going to be able to run without you. So mm-hmm. if you have yourself on a salary from day one, when it's finally time to step out of that role, you already have the budget for that salary as well. So when it's time to hire your replacement, you've already been paying yourself a salary. And now you just transfer that salary to that person and you and you continue to take the profits, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Instead yeah. of being the person working in the business as an employee, you're just the person that owns the business. Exactly. Oh, yeah, exactly. A true CEO. Mm. Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So, yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey, that's game right there for them, man. And, and, and you have to start that from day one. So with the with the real commission checks, I never really thought about this like that. Whenever they you get it paid out to yourself, do you pay taxes on it like an employee or you, you still do. like um uh, like a 1099? So so if you don't have a real business set up, then you're gonna be paying higher taxes versus if you have an LLC and you're running it like a real business. So you, you're going to be paying uh, employment taxes through, through that 1099. So that when they pay you, they, they, yeah, they 1099 you versus mm-hmm. yep. uh, when they, when they, we have a business, they 1099 you versus whenever you yeah. have an employee that you have to take all employee tax. Gotcha. Right. So you actually Very keep more money in your pocket. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And especially when you, when you, when you, when you finally turn into an escort. You really start to keep more money in your pockets because it's more uh, it's more tax deductions on once you become an escort. And I'm definitely not the person to dive that that deep into yeah. that. Yeah, that, that's, that's that why you hire a good account. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's the thing. Like, you don't have to know it all, <laughs> and that's another thing that, that you got to realize once you're in a business. You don't have to know it all. You just have to know and perform well at whatever you're good at, and then you go hire you go hire other people to be good at what you're not good at. Mm. And you stay in your lane, and and that's that's I think that's another key to my own personal success. I've always stayed in my lane, and I don't stress the things that I don't know and that I'm not good at. I just go hire people that are, that are better than me at those things and put them in those roles and, and allow them to be great. Mm. Man, that's, man, I tell you, man, it's just like I just keep <laughs> thinking about it, bro. Is I everything you say it maybe go back to the thing you said earlier, like. It's all with, it's all based around relationships and yeah. just building with people. That's the key. Yeah, bro. People is always gonna be the key. And the thing about it is, is if, if you think about anybody that's a millionaire, man, you 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 can't become a millionaire without people. It's impossible. And so, like that whole notion of self-made, I think that's a, a myth. It's, I don't. I, I truly don't believe nobody that's that's highly successful is, is really self-made because. It takes help from so many people to get to to any uh, level of, of success. You're gonna have the people. You're gonna have people that's gonna be able to teach you things. You have to have people that's gonna be able to work with you and work for you to be able to reach a certain level of success. So, like that that whole self made thing, in my opinion, and excuse my language, that shit on all of the people that help you get where you got. That's facts, though. Like 
In in all reality, you can't say you self-made because like you just no. said, everybody I know that's a millionaire that gets to talking, they start naming a bunch of people that I got a guy yeah. for this, I got a guy that did this, I got, yeah, yeah. like that's very true. Yeah. Rich, I did want to get into one it's, more thing with you. What, what you had, yeah. Kevin? I was actually going to say, speaking of the topic, I was going to say you, uh, we spoke off camera, you said you have a, a kind of a program that you, that's, that you have that's realtors, the, yeah. that you have uh, realtors go through. Can you speak on that? yeah so it's, it's a coaching platform it's called empower and again this is another partnership so this is a partnership with with uh with my, with my guys out in dc and it's, it's called empower platform and it's a platform to where we're helping realtors reach their their highest level of potential through coaching and consulting just coaching and consulting them through those glass ceilings because everyone's going to reach a point where they hit a glass ceiling to where their natural born abilities and talents is going to only take you so far and and once you get to a level of where you, you you've made it and, and you can't keep going you, you're only missing a person and that person can be in the form of leverage where you get some type of help because you can't do it all by yourself or that person is in the form of a coach or mentor and that's what we're providing we're providing that that leverage in the form of a coach and mentor the coach and mentor these people through these glass ceilings so they can continue soaring and, and it helped me, and, and we're just turning around and, and giving back to other people. Mm. That's what's yeah. up, man. So, definitely. so definitely, man, if, if you're a realtor and you're listening to this, look me up on Instagram at realtor underscore rich underscore. Send me a DM. I respond to everybody. And, and if you need help with, with, with coaching or, or if you got questions about going to real estate sales business, reach out to me. Let's have a conversation about it. Yeah, man, definitely. If you're a realtor, you definitely got to get at my brother, Rich. Uh, I definitely was going to get into that part of just the business with you, too. Yeah. Because uh, that was another thing, like speaking on millionaires. And it's a thing we just speak on often with this show. We want people to, like, really understand. You talking about staying in your lane as well. This business is still in your wheelhouse, right? You didn't yeah. go and build something that's outside of what you do already this is still in real estate everything you do is in real estate it, yeah everything everything so we have real estate sales we have real estate investment we have property management and then the coaching this is all verticals within real estate mm. vertical integration is the key that's four streams yeah. of income from one 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 thing that you do <laughs> yeah yeah and that's my one thing real estate mm. love it so, Rich, I have work, man. Got one question for you. Uh, yeah. One of our favorite questions. What is your why, my brother? What makes you do this? Financial freedom, bro. Just just being able to do what I want when I want with, with whom I want. That's, that's the big why. Yeah. Feel it. I feel the same thing, man. That's the yep. goal. Uh, <laughs> and last, last thing. So, uh, we do a segment on the show. It's called What's On Your Timeline. So, Richard, want to ask you, what's something you've seen on social media, the internet, uh, wherever, really, that you just saw and you want to speak on, something that stood out to you? It's crazy, man. <laughs> the first thing come to my mind, uh, one of the agents on my team, she posted something from Bernie Sanders where he said that uh, if you paid $120 for some Nikes, you actually paid more than they paid in taxes. And uh, she posted that that was unfair. And so I feel like that's not unfair. And before you go and complain about the game, I feel like you should you should seek to understand first. And so before I complain about Nike not paying enough taxes, I'm going to ask how can I not pay that, that much in taxes as well? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Real so talk. the thing about it is, yeah, yeah, nothing that they did was illegal. 
And so the question that you should be asking is, how can I do it too? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so I seen so I seen it on Twitter too. It was like at least fifty five profitable Fortune five hundred corporations yeah. paid zero dollars in taxes last year. You, but it's legal. What, you know what behooves <laughs> me about this whole conversation? It's like people be mad at that, right? Like these corporations yeah. doing all this, right? Bro, these corporations employing people. You ain't giving like nobody no damn job. job. Yeah, they provide <laughs> jobs. Yeah. They provide jobs. Uh-huh. You buying the stuff. So, like, I don't understand what's the complaint here. They provide yeah. product that you want and they employ people. If they're not paying. Biggest thing, I was about to say the biggest thing is we have to do a mindset shift of, of, of not being the victim, but being the victor. Mm. Yeah, that's major. Because, mm-hmm. like, especially with capitalism, I feel like black people have a bad relationship with capitalism, especially like on the social media and stuff. Right now, I see people say some real reckless stuff like... But we don't want socialism. No no one wants to live in a country and society where the doctor makes the same amount of money as the no. garbage man. If all of that, why would I go to medical school for all these years to be a doctor? Yeah. And how can we get good doctors if they only make what the garbage man makes? That's, that's stupid. It's pointless to me. It's, it goes back to the part of value, like understanding yeah. value and understanding just really... Our, our economy, the whole way everything is set up, it values creators. If you're a consumer, you're getting the short end of the stick. <laughs> yep. yep. That's true. You tax first. You take your money. <laughs> that, that's, that's ass, man. <laughs> that's the smart about it. But, yeah, man. Rich, we appreciate you. This has been a great episode, my brother. This same here, bro. Gems as always. We appreciate you. Uh, real quick, before before I have you ask any information for the people, I have to ask one more thing for you because you always drop yeah. a fire book on us. Can you give a book recommendation for the people? Ego is the Enemy by Ryan Holiday. Mm. And I think this is a big one because anytime you start reaching a certain level of success, naturally your ego will come and kick in, man. And the worst, the best thing you can do is always remain humble no matter what. Yeah. Ego is the enemy, man. That's another one of my great favorite books by Ryan Holiday. Ego is the enemy. Appreciate yep. it. I'm gonna have to add that one to the list as always, man. I tell you, <laughs> if Rich recommend the book, y'all need to read it. Y'all go. Get <laughs> but uh, once again, my brother, thank you for coming on. Could you please? Uh, y'all more than welcome, on? bro. Once again, how they can follow you? Uh, if they want to get tapped in with Prime Properties, maybe they want to see if y'all hire. Maybe they're trying to buy a house. Yeah. Some people in the booth, let them know how they can get at I'm, you, my brother. I'm saying, yeah, man. The best way to to tap in with me is just to follow me on Instagram. Send me a DM. Um, I'm at Realtor underscore Rich underscore. Uh, that's one of the only social media platforms that I really do check a lot. Yeah, if you reach out to me on Facebook, I may not see it. So just just tap in with me on Instagram at Realtor underscore Rich underscore. That mm-hmm. real to rich. Follow my brother. Yep. <laughs> Game for days. Well, man, Rich, once again, my brother, gotta say thank you. God damn. Oh no, my laptop died. No. No worries. Well, we appreciate you, man, for being on the podcast. We love everything. Same, man. I appreciate doing. y'all for having me. Yes, sir. We're gonna get into some house cleaning items. We appreciate everybody listening. Thank you for, for listening to us, for rocking with us. Please like, share, subscribe, comment, rate us. Please give us a rating, whether you liked it, whether you disliked it. Let us know how, how we are doing. What can we improve on? Any people you want us to have on the podcast, just let us know. And also get our products that we have, management like the 1%.
our Credit Fundamentals course, as well as our Podcasters Playbook course. Those are all available down in the link below and the show notes below. And like I said, again, thank you, Real to Rich, for being with us, for rocking with us, and we appreciate you, man. All love, man. One love, bro. Appreciate you. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And this is Black Wealth Renaissance signing out. Peace. Peace. When something happens to your kitchen, you might say, This is ludicrous. But that won't fix your home. That will only get you the rapper, Ludacris. Having trouble? Don't panic. Don't be alarmed. You need to file a claim? Holla at State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's right. You can file a claim on the app or call us. Thanks, Mr. Chris. No matter how ludicrous the situation, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois.